Hey everyone, welcome to the Tea with Tony podcast. We're so glad you're here with us today. I am actually doing something a little different than I've ever done. Usually I'm just uploading uh, some teachings that I've done, but today I have a guest with me on the podcast. It's my daughter, Allie. Say hi, Allie. Hi. We're so glad that you're here today. And so this is the special quarantine, social distancing uh COVID-19 episode of the podcast, and I thought I'd have my daughter on to talk about everything from her perspective. She is a junior in high school in a small town in Ohio, and uh, we just got the news yesterday that instead of getting to go back to school on April 6th, 7th, 7th, it's now been postponed to at least May 1st. So tell me, sweetheart, how did that news hit you yesterday? Very hard, because May 1st was supposed to be our musical, which was already pushed back. Mm -hmm. Because last time it was supposed to be April 3rd and 4th. Which would be this weekend. Yeah, but we had no rehearsals, so we pushed it back. So instead of canceling it, she postponed it to May 1st and 2nd, and now... I don't know yet. She hasn't sent out any information. So there's a lot of loss involved in this COVID-19 virus for you. Yeah, it sucks. And for so many. And we're not downplaying the loss of life by any stretch of the imagination. That loss has touched our community. One of the teachers at our middle school, her husband, just died from complications of it. And our hearts and our prayers are out with the family and all the families worldwide who are losing loved ones to this. And we are praying for a very swift end to it. But we're going to just dive in a little bit and talk about uh, this quarantine from a high schooler's point of view. I'm Generation X. You are Gen Z. And so we got the end of the alphabet here. <laughs> go ahead and laugh. I'm funny. Uh-huh. And so we're just going to go through some questions. And the but first before one. Before start, I want to say that I'm coughing because I have allergies, not because I have corona. Yes, if you hear us clear our throats <coughs> or sniffle at all, uh, it is also allergy season here in Ohio. And uh, she and I both deal with that a little bit, not extreme oh, allergies. Oh, you do yeah. deal with it a lot more than me. So any coughs, throat clears, or sniffles are results of the pollen in the air. All right, so tell me, sweetheart, how are you surviving the quarantine? Because it's different for you than me. (laughs) You are definitely an extrovert. I am more of an introvert. (laughs) You're a social person. I like people. (laughs) I love people, but sometimes I can tend to want to be by myself. So I know it's hitting you different than me. So how is this? How are you surviving? I'm going insane. (laughs) You are. (laughs) Because I don't like being stuck at home and our home's really small. So there's nowhere to go. Okay. So let me explain. Our house is about 1300 square feet. It's in little Cape Cod built back, I think, in the 1950s or 1960s. And uh, now there are five grown people, my daughter being the youngest at 17, and then my son at 19, and my other son at, oh, he'll be turning 21 next week, and then my husband and I. So you've got five, pretty much five adults in this small little house, and it's a lot. She's giving me the look like, oh, you're calling me an adult, but not true. You're adult-ish. Maybe adult-ish. September, man. You eat like an adult. (laughs) And so um, 
There's five adults in this small house, and it's resulted in a lot of togetherness. And I don't know out there if your family is experiencing this. Maybe if you're in a bigger home, you don't experience uh, maybe the agitation or the um, irritations as much as we do in a smaller house. But go ahead. How are you surviving this? Um, Well, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're still here with us. So tell us, how are you getting through? Um, I'm staying in my room and doing my own thing. And so what do you do in your room? Because Um, I know school isn't canceled. It's just been changed, right? Depending on the day, I'll wake up and I'll do my Zoom call with my class. And then... Is that your whole class? Yes. Okay. And then sometimes I'll go back to bed, but other times I'll just lay on the floor (laughs) because that's (laughs) where I do it. And... Then eventually, probably like around noon, I start doing the rest of my homework. And then I'll take breaks intermittently to like just go on my phone. Because statistically, if you do homework for a little while and then you take 45-minute breaks, it helps you focus more, I guess. 45-minute breaks. Yeah, if you work for, or not 45-minute breaks. (laughs) That's a long break. If you work for 45 minutes to an hour and take 15-minute breaks. (laughs) There you go. It'll help you focus more. And so on your breaks, do you find yourself trying to reach out to your friends? How are you connecting with your people in this time of social distancing? Are you abiding by the social distancing? I mean, you know I have. I know, but everybody, all of our friends out here don't. Yeah, I haven't left the house since, like, March 13th, so. (laughs) Well, today I drug you to your second home, I mean the church, (coughs) to record this podcast. Um, But, so you find yourself reaching out and connecting with friends in different ways. Yeah. How are you doing that? I, like, Snapchat people or, like, text people. And usually with Snapchat, like with my friend Riley, we'll just send the weirdest faces back and forth to each other. And what is the point? Just to make each other laugh? Yeah. And stay connected. (laughs) Last night, she sent me a a video with this face of Barney. And then she imitated the face. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. I I was scared (laughs) I was going to wake you up. Now, do you FaceTime people? Uh, Or talk on the phone? I'll FaceTime sometimes. But not really. Just depends on who it is. Yeah. Mostly it's through your apps and through texting. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you staying connected to youth at all? Is your church doing anything online to help you stay connected that way? Yes. Every Friday at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live, our youth group does... (laughs) Our youth group does a youth online thing, and they were doing... Like, they still try to do game time, and last week's game was, like, do a funny dance, and I won, and I got free food delivered to my house. Now, how did they know you did a funny dance? Uh, you have to use the hashtag VCC Youth Online. And put it, like, on a social media app? On Instagram. Okay, and you won DoorDash. Yeah, because I was the only one that did it. <laughs> That's an easy way to win. Right. And so you find yourself, you're staying connected. So I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Um, What is your favorite part of the quarantine lifestyle? I get to sleep in more than seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, so you do like to sleep. And then I found you taking naps quite frequently. Yep. 
So there's a lot of sleeping going on. It passes the time. And eating. <laughs> it passes the time. <laughs> so your favorite part is getting to sleep more. Yes. What is your least favorite part? Um, what do you miss the most? Going to school. And you miss fr- going to school. I love school so much. Did I, you always love school so much, or do you find yourself appreciating it more now that you don't have it? Oh, no. I definitely like school a lot. Okay. Cause, but did you know you liked it this much? Did it make you appreciate it more? Uh, I appreciate it more, but I, I always knew I liked it this much. What do you miss about school? Um, I miss interacting with people. <laughs> <laughs> you extrovert you. <laughs> I miss... I miss musical and band. I miss my band director and all my people there. Okay, so the things you miss most are the interactions, Mm -hmm. musical, and band. Yes. So I find it interesting that you listed musical and band as opposed to your classes. Now, do you find that that's more because they have a family feel? I definitely, a lot of my classes have a family feel, like my first period pre-calc and trig class with Miss Majosis. Like, that was my favorite day to start, like, favorite way to start the day. Uh-huh. Because she's, like, so energetic. So going into class at 7 in the morning and just having her, like, be so excited just made me excited to be in school. Oh, what a good teacher. Shout out Mrs. Majosis. What do you call her? Mags. Mags. Shout out to Mags if you're listening. So um, oh, I miss I miss Mrs. Deal so much. Oh, Mrs. Deal, we love you. You're the best school mom ever. I miss her so much. <laughs> so, what are you most looking forward to after the quarantine is over, besides going to school? Um, going to church and yeah. seeing everyone at church. You miss going to church. Yeah. Like, too. I, I don't like when people come up to me and hug me, but I miss being, seeing everyone at church. <laughs> Just from from a pastor's kid's perspective. Ooh, share, share always, the PK perspective. Always ask if they would like a hug first. <laughs> don't just go up to them and give them a hug or like grab them by the shoulders. And hug them. Okay, let's talk a little bit about a pastor's <laughs> kid perspective since you changed the subject. Um, because most people listening to this are not pastors and their kids are not pastor's kids. So uh, apart from the hugging thing, what is your favorite part of being a pastor's kid? I get to go into the offices. You do in the green rooms and everything. And there's snacks. There's always really good snacks. <laughs> That's the best part of being a pastor's kid. Not like the spiritual heritage that your parents are passing well, down well, to you. And you see all the fabulous knowledge that you <laughs> are just intimately acquainted with and have access to. It's the snacks. I may have never been in a relationship, <laughs> but people always come to me for relationship advice. And they're like, Ellie, you've never had a boyfriend. How do you give such good advice? And I'm like, because my parents are counselors. <laughs> <laughs> I get all their good stuff. So I think maybe you take for granted <laughs> some of that fabulous wisdom that you have access to. You think? Nah. Go ahead, tell me how much you appreciate me. <laughs> You're the bestest in the world. So what's your least favorite part about being a pastor's kid? What's it like to share your parents? Um, well, they're feel- never... <laughs> okay, go ahead with your least favorite part. They're never home. Never or they're gone a lot? 
because sometimes I think like we're home and you're not there. They're rarely home. When you're there, let's clarify. Yeah. <laughs> um, because? Because they're at conferences or... Oh, like the, us traveling last yeah, year. You guys, you're not talking on a daily basis. Oh, well, sometimes they get home at like 10 because they have a counseling appointment. And I'm like, well, why can't you just cancel? And they're like, you can't predict when someone gets down. Yeah, when there's crisis counseling, sometimes you have to do that whenever. There are definitely sacrifices that pastor's kids make uh, for that. And not just pastor's kids, doctor's kids, and other people with those high yeah. uh, stressful jobs like that. But um, So that's your least favorite part. Well, I think the fact that we get voluntold to do everything. No. Let's Almost, qualify because not stuff, everything. A lot of the events. Most of the Do events. you regret having to be there or is it just that you regret being volunteered? I wish I had a choice. But, but would you choose to participate? Maybe. Like um, when we were doing the trunk or treat thing and it started raining, I really didn't want to do it, but that was like. Like, looking back on it, that was one of the last times I got to, like, interact with Milton. Yeah. So, I like that. So, see? <laughs> Silver linings to all the voluntolds. Oh, yes. You can look back at it and see some good things that came from it, like learning how to serve the Lord and not yeah, just going to church just for you. I don't go to church just for me. Okay. So, being voluntold, what, what, what are some other high points about being a PK? Um, what do you want everyone, how can people pray for you as a PK? What do you think the biggest stressor is? What do you think your biggest prayer request would be? Maybe like. Well, not just you, but all PKs out there. Just to not like feel like you have to know what you're going to do in life or that you have to go into like. That's the a biggest pastoral stressor. position. Okay. Do you feel like anyone's pushing you into that? Yes. Who? Um. Well, not like pushing, but very much like encouraging. Which would be? You. <laughs> because you talked about it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if I want to. I don't know. You don't have to do it, baby girl. Okay, we won't talk about this on the air. We'll not I'll bore cry. all the other people with it. <laughs> Definitely don't need to know what you want to do. Growing up, I didn't know. In fact, I went to college for two years before I sensed the call to ministry and t completely changed from accounting to ministry. So um, you could head in one direction and God just completely changed it two years in. You just never know what that's going to look like. So take all of that pressure off you. Everyone out there, take the pressure off you. It's okay. It's okay to just relax Pray about it. Figure out what you want to do between you and God. Head in a direction, but don't be tied to it. If he changes it, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Any questions you want to ask me or think our listeners might want to know about me? Um, like anything that they probably don't know. Well, I mean, within reason. <laughs> well, I don't, don't know. Don't make it TMI. <laughs> no. Okay, go ahead. What's your favorite movie? National <laughs> Treasure. Why? It just has a little bit of everything. It's got action. It's got adventure. It's got 
history. It's got romance. The good guy wins in the end. The bad guys get caught. It's just the best all-around movie. What's your favorite part about being a pastor? The people. Can you explain more about that, please? (laughs) It is so encouraging and rewarding to get to um, be close to so many people, but to get to watch their growth in God. There's nothing more rewarding than watch, watching someone put down roots in God, get into his word, get into his presence, learn how to pray, and uh, and just grow in God. That's probably the most rewarding thing about being a pastor. All right, all right. Um, What is your least favorite part about being a pastor? The people. What? <laughs> <laughs> I say that that's kind of a common uh, statement that people say. Um, My favorite part is the people. My least favorite part is the people. Because there's always going to be those people that you just can't please. And there's Mm -hmm. always going to be those people that don't like you or that you rub them the wrong way. And we call them sandpaper. If somebody rubs you the wrong way, that's your sandpaper sent (laughs) from heaven to help make you smooth. To sand off all those rough edges. But guess what? You are also sandpaper to someone else. And so um, it's the, the, there's, it's always sad the people that you can't help or the people that uh, to watch them just keep making the wrong decisions, even though you've given them wise counsel in the word about making the right decisions. And it, it can be heartbreaking the times that we cry for people because they of the choices that they choose to make and yet still are there to help them and, and, and counsel with them and just trying to be there and support them the best that we can. It's, it's a, it's, it's a heavy load at times, but God helps us carry it. How do you think the church should respond to the COVID-19 closings? I think they should. Um, and how uh, do you feel about churches staying open? Well, I think, uh, honestly, the churches should abide by the the social distancing uh, recommendations of the CDC. This is not persecution. Them, you know, recommending that gatherings of less than 10 people, and yet if you're together as 10 people, you're still up to six feet or over six feet away from each other. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not persecution. They're not telling us the church can't preach. Mm -hmm. They're just saying that you can't gather in person because of how this virus spreads and the, the many unknowns of the virus. There are many unknowns of the virus. And so what they're trying to do with the, with the knowledge that they have is to stop the spread of it, treat the ones who have it, and minimize the fatalities as much as possible. And so I feel that as a responsible church, that we need to walk in wisdom and faith. Faith is that we pray, we ask God to intervene, we ask him that this virus will swiftly die. But in wisdom, then we need to also um, abide by the guidelines that the people who have the knowledge of this are telling us to abide by. And um, we have heard people say that, you know, churches should stay open. And uh, I honestly, I don't understand that. I really don't understand that unless you have 10 people in your church. And um, it just reminds me of John 7 because Jesus walked in wisdom. And John 7 verse 1 says, After this, Jesus went from place to place in Galilee For he would not travel in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. So out of wisdom, 
he separated himself from the place and the people that were trying to kill him. And honestly, that's all they're trying to do. Uh, If you read in the book of Leviticus, part of the law that God handed down to the people of Israel were that if they had a disease, they had to quarantine themselves. And so it just makes sense. That was a long answer. How do you I feel? see your eyes glazing over. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel that people, like, not necessarily older people, because I think they understand the severity, but people more my age, not taking it seriously and staying, or not staying home? Well, I think, honestly, you, ha- you, p- you nailed it right there by saying that they don't understand the severity of it. And how could you? Honestly, how could you understand the severity of it? You've never experienced anything like this before. Your frontal lobes are not fully formed for you to be able to bring that around to full thought in your head. And honestly, at your age, there's more, and I'm speaking in generalities, <laughs> generalities. She's not adding me, guys. Don't worry. So um, the, the general um, viewpoint of someone in your generation is more selfish than selfless. And to say, well, I'm not going to get it, it is very selfish. Instead of thinking, who am I exposing by being out in this? Uh, Who am I bringing this home to? And how will it impact everyone around me? Your generation doesn't necessarily look at their actions and think, how is this going to impact those around me? And how is this going to impact the future? Because honestly, if we'd all stay home and not go anywhere, it would die quicker. Mm -hmm. So by not um, not coming in line with the recommendations of the CDC, you're just prolonging it. I think that... What do you think? Like, pretty much people in my friend group seem to understand that staying home is the best, like, s- solution. Uh-huh. But it's definitely, like, half and half. Like, I see people posting on their stories... Like, people that go to our school uh, asking, hey, does anyone want to hang out? Like, does anyone want to make plans? Get like a Google Hangout? No, like, get together, like, go somewhere. And But I wa- there's nowhere to go. I know, and I want to be like, you guys do realize that you're supposed to stay home so that no one... It's not that, like, you're at risk, but you could be a carrier without knowing yep. and then get people sick. Exactly. Exactly. So did I answer your question? I don't remember what I asked. (laughs) (laughs) When I think about the church and the COVID-19. Ah, yes. Very (laughs) nice. How are you finding online church? How do you like it? Um, it's not the same. As As gathering together? Yeah, I know, like, even when we did have church, you would tell people, like, on... Because we, we always have church online for people that can't come. Yes. And you always tell people that, like, even if you're, like, watching online, there's something about, like, gathering. hmm Because, like, I don't know. Something about the presence. It's about what you experience in the encounter. Yeah. It's not that you can't get the Holy Spirit watching online but it's not the same as being there yeah and so do you find that you understand that more fully now yeah because you miss it yeah yeah it's just different but I'm so thankful that we still have the capability to do that Mm -hmm. 
And, and I was reading an article. I actually posted it on my personal Facebook page. Maybe I'll share it on Tea with Tony. We're getting ready to close here. So if you have any closing questions or thoughts, let me know, Al. But um, that one of my Bible school instructors posted about how the Pentecostal church responded to the Spanish influenza of 1918. <laughs> and that was about 102 years ago now. And it, it wreaked havoc worldwide, just yeah. like this is doing right now. And thousands upon thousands were dying every day. And it talked about how the church closed its doors and how they stopped having services and they abided by the quarantines and did self-quarantines and that kind of thing. And I know we think that this is unprecedented, never happened before in history, but it has. Mm -hmm. And we can look back and learn from what they did and also walk forward in the, the, the better knowledge that we have even now to handle this crisis. And we need to just keep in mind, everyone, it's temporary. I think people are freaking out more now because when it was all starting, um, everyone was saying that it was basically like the flu. So I think people are still correlating it with it not being that serious. But in actuality, it's like it's killing a lot of people. Not that the flu doesn't kill people. It's just... Right. The percentage, the percentage that this virus seems to be taking fatality wise um, is higher than the percentage of cases that the die of the flu. You're correct. You're like you're contagious from the moment you come in contact with it. However, like with the flu, you're only contagious once you start getting the symptoms. Right. So it's huge different. Mm -hmm. It is very, very different. And so I think we need to remember It's temporary. Even though the finish line does seem to keep getting pushed further and further out, I think it's important to keep hope in this season. I mean, there are losses. I mean, my son is a runner at his college, and just the the banquets that they haven't been able to have, the seniors weren't able to give their speeches, they weren't able to compete at nationals, and they weren't able to even have their outdoor track season because of this virus. And so to have built your whole running career to that pinnacle and have it taken away from you, that's a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to keep it in perspective. No one died, but my goodness, grieve the losses. Mm-hmm. But then move forward and just trust God to uh, to help you take the next step and the next step and to work. Like he said in Romans eight twenty eight, he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I just want to encourage everyone in these last few minutes that we have to use the time wisely. A lot of us have more time on our hands. I mean, you obviously have more time to sleep <laughs> and do different things. But there's more time on our hands. I mean, some of us, like the pastors, seem to be busier. Some of the, obviously, the nurses and the the yeah. line workers that have switched their plants over to make different things. Um, the grocery store workers, they're all working overtime. But um, for those that have more time on your hands... Press into God more. Use it to pray. Use it to pray for the virus. Use it to go deeper into God. Use it to to go deeper into uh, being aware of who he is and who he is on the inside of us so that when we come out on the other side of this, we come out as a stronger church, more aware of who God is and what he wants to do and more ready to take revival to the world than ever before. I just don't want us to come out of this having played 
100 games of Candy Crush and not mm-hmm. spending any time in prayer. So let's let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that balance. Are you finding yourself to have more time to give to prayer and to reading the Word? Yeah, like, just like a couple nights ago, I got... Well, I got bored, but like it was boredom is not bad. <laughs> it was time to like go to bed, but I still like didn't want to go to bed, so I turned the TV off and for like an hour and a half I was just laying on my floor, like going through my journal and going to like all the scripture verses that I wrote down just like to read them. And the next thing I knew, it was midnight and I was like, "Oh, I should go to bed now." Oh, no wonder you sleep in. <laughs> I want to take note of something she just said, though. I turned the TV off. Yeah. It was a conscious choice to turn the TV off and to move to something else. So it can be easy to get distracted in the mindlessness of TV and Facebook and social media. But shake yourself a little bit. Make a conscious decision to turn it off and then press into God more. I mean to tell you... (laughs) And like last night, I like I turned the TV off again, and I, am. I and I didn't want to go down, like climb down off of my bed because I have a loft bed, so I didn't want to climb down and get my Bible, but I had my phone, so I went onto the YouVersion app, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to start a new plan, and I'm like, I don't care how long it takes me to finish it, but I want to finish the Bible in about a year, so I started a new plan to. So I just like started reading the Bible last night. Where'd you find the plan? You version. You version. Very good. I could tell you what it's called. The plan. Yeah, tell us what it's called. Are you doing the Love the Lost devotional too? I didn't know we were doing that. Oh, didn't listen to that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called. It's just called Read Through the Bible, and the picture looks like colorful trees. Okay, so read through the Bible. They have a lot of read through the Bible plans yeah, on you version, and it's just reading the Bible in a year. That's an excellent goal. Yep, yep. Because I've never done God. it. Because like, <laughs> usually after three, I have mo- failed. No, 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 no. I have failed as a pastor I still, mom. I still read the Bible. It's just <laughs> usually after about like three months, I kind of like forget about it. Oh, girl! Like I still read my Bible, just like. Sometimes I so now I, I see where I need to up my prayer for you. Um, that's what the quarantine's for. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we just want to thank you for hanging out with us today on the Tea with Tony podcast. Just a different perspective. I wanted to interview my daughter and just have a conversation with her about the quarantine and everything. But let's remember God's bigger than this. And uh, yeah. we are going to come out on the other side stronger, more full of the power of God and ready for a revival to sweep this nation. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.